Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Okubo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be talking with individuals from around the soccer world, learning about their stories and getting their unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Today, we're joined by Manager of Player Engagement at MLS. If you don't know her, uh, you might be living on, under a rock, Taylor Wells. Taylor Wells is someone that's helped everyone in MLS, uh, helped me greatly. Um, but we're going to get all, get to know all about Taylor, talking about her career, learning about her off-pitch endeavors and everything she's up to. Taylor, how are you doing today? I am good. How are you doing, Amobi? How are you doing, Al? Doing well. Pleasure to have okay. you. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. First things first, L, let's get it. Two truths and a cap. All right, two truths and a cap. So, Taylor, this is the icebreaker game that Amobi and I play, you know, just to get to know a little bit about our guests. Um, you'll tell us three facts about yourself. Two will be true. One will be a lie. And then Moby and I have to guess what the lie is. So right now we're actually we're officially keeping score this year. So Moby is up one zero. Um, <laughs> so like I'm going to try to get Yeah, I'm going to try to get on the board um, this time. So Taylor, whenever you're ready, go ahead. All right. You said one zero, but you've played four times? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've been, so we we've been, we've been taking this year. <laughs> 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 All right, let's try this. So my first is I have visited over 30 countries in the world. Second is I was a backup place kicker on my high school's football team, American football. And the third is I taught myself to make music as my pandemic hobby and am working on my first EP. This might be the best two truths and a cap we've ever got. Clearly they're all good if you guys are are taking that many L's. Well, no, sometimes it's because L whooped me last year but we didn't really keep score so mm. some of the times where he picks i want to pick something else but it's like because i'm ahead let me just follow him <laughs> so we don't <laughs> yeah so. love it all right let me see oh, is it over 30 countries, 30 countries um backup place, place kicker. Kick, backup place kicker okay and, and music is pandemic hobby with ep oh uh, and we can't. I'll, I'll ask a follow up question because backup place yeah, no depends where you're at. Cali. I want to say. I might say backup place kicker is the cap. Just because I know she plays guitar and sings, and we have we'll have questions about that later. Um, Thirty countries doesn't seem too far fetched. I mean, it could be a, you know avid traveler but 30 countries is hella country so yeah at the same time hmm so it's it's between the first two for me but i I might be completely wrong but i'm gonna i'm gonna just take a shot in the dark i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 30 countries it's the cap okay i'm going pandemic the reason why is because with what you do on and off like work I don't think you had time to do music unless you you already, you know, you grew up playing music. So I'm going that's the cap. Neither of you guys are right. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> my high school didn't have an American football team. I ain't ever kicked an American football in my life. <laughs> Dang. Oh, okay. Uh, yo, we were we, trying to give you props. That was pretty good. Yo, we got some good ones this year. We got <laughs> some really, really good ones this year. So I feel like people are conforming against us, L. But man. Taylor keeping the streak alive as well. So you went to a small school. All right. Didn't have American football. But when did you fall in love with soccer? The real football? The real football. I love it. I fell in love with soccer. No lie. I fell in love with soccer while I was working for Major League Soccer. 
I grew up playing like as a kid, um, but never, never played it seriously as one of my sports. I went to Galaxy Games and stuff and really enjoyed it, but didn't super follow the sport until I started working in it. And then I started researching because, you know, my job and absolutely fell in love. But now I'm obsessed. It's what I do all weekend is, is watch the games and talk about it. And my friends are sick of it, but sorry. <laughs> okay. So like, all right, introducing someone new to the sport, what would you recommend? Like, this is what you need to learn first when it comes to soccer. Oh, that's good. Two things came to mind. One is trying to explain to them the difference between playing for club versus for country. Because people don't understand you can play for two teams and it's like, yes. And if they're unfamiliar, if they only, you know, watch the NFL or something like that, or that's just unheard of to have like a national football team. Um, So explaining that I think is important. And then the second thing is probably my favorite thing about MLS is that it's the uh, American, it's the global game Americanized and just how the differences between MLS and other American sports, you know, take shape. And then the differences between MLS and other football or soccer leagues take shape. I think it's really fascinating. Oh, most definitely. Okay. So give us your background. You know, you grew up in LA. Um, How did you get to where you are now then? Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. Um, Anyone from LA would kill me if I said I was from LA, but you ask New Yorkers (laughs) and I just say, LA because oh, they see California. She's from, IE. she's from the IE. Oh, or... yes, I am. And oh, I'm yeah. proud of it. Somewhere in the cut. She is. How, what? Yes, Everyone I that's am. from the IE just says LA and then you ask from California. You're like, what? why are you lying? I, okay. I did not lie. I corrected your lie. Okay. Even though you can't guess lies, but that's okay. We, we should just stop lying on this podcast. Um, yeah, Southern California, Corona, um, Riverside is where I went to high school. And I went to Orange County, so inched closer to LA for college. I went to Concordia University, Irvine, studied mass communication and marketing. And then I went back to the IE in um, La Sierra University, got my MBA with a concentration in marketing. And then when I graduated there, um, I decided I wanted to really break into sports. So that's when I took the leap, moved to New York City, which is kind of the hub for all things pro sport. And um, yeah, started at Major League Soccer, obsessed, I love it. And also enrolled in law school out here. I'm at Fordham Law. My third year out of four um, with the concentration in international law. That's amazing. Nice. What advice would you have for anyone trying to follow in your footsteps? You know, we see a lot of people on Twitter and LinkedIn looking to, you know, break into sports. And uh, what advice would you have? Uh, there's no one right way. There's no one right path uh, to getting into sport. And you don't have to go as hard in the way of education that I have been. But um, I would say have a clear vision for where you want to end up. And then talk to as many people who are either doing that or are on their way to doing that to get their advice, their recommendations, their mistakes, their triumphs, et cetera. Um, And people will have conflicting stories, conflicting advice, of course. But I think certain themes and patterns emerge that are super helpful in guiding the way. Perfect. And what would you say the difference between working like at the team level versus like a whole league? Because, you know, doing our research, you saw that you started with L.A. Clippers. Um, and then obviously you're working with MLS now. Yeah, I worked, uh, well, really to be fair, I interned with the LA Clippers when I was a freshman in college. So I was an 18 year old running around the underside of Staples center, pretending like I had a single clue what was going on. (laughs) And it was the the time of my life and also the biggest challenge that I think I've gone through professionally, just because again, I had no idea what I was doing, but it was fantastic training, um, And as much as it was just, you know, being thrown into the deep end, it also solidified in me like, yes, I want to work in sport. Um, And what I love about working at the team level is, um, and this was 10 years ago now, so 
trying to remember back, but I remember that it just felt like such a, a close knit, very almost small business feel that I really appreciated. I mean, it was an NBA team, so it was, an, it was by no means a small business, but it kind of had that small, close family feel where you kind of know what's going on in all aspects of the franchise. But now working at the league level, we are one step removed from the players, from the goings on at the club levels, from the stadiums, from the fans even sometimes. So um, I think it has um, a really interesting perspective from the league level because we have you know, feelers and we have touch points in all of those areas, but it's not quite as hands-on as it was, as I remember it being when I was at the team level at the Clippers. No, most definitely. And obviously you do a lot of great work with MLS. Every player knows, you know, your influence on, you know, their player development, but you started out, um, you know, I don't want to say the bottom of the ladder and climbed your way up. Can you talk about that, that journey, you know, from your first iteration at MLS? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I started out as an executive assistant and that job is hard. I'd never been an executive assistant before and I was like, I just want to break into sport. I just want to do it. I'll take this. And I got this. This is it's a tough job. (laughs) Um, But the way I, I got in there actually was I when I first moved to New York and I was looking for a job in sport. I was applying for any and every job in pro sport under the sun, it felt like, and I was not getting any calls back. And I was like, excuse me, like, I just got my master's. Like, I have experience in this industry. Why is that not happening? And it's because of the importance of a network, obviously, which I hadn't established yet out here. But what I did have was a friend who was um, explaining to me the importance of um, some phenomenon called paying rent and suggested that I take an interview at a temp agency where she had a friend. Uh, Apologies for the siren. We are still in New York. But um, at a temp agency where she had a friend and I got in there and they um, had a position available at Major League Soccer and I said, I'll take it. And it was an executive assistant position for four months. And I was like, okay, I'll do this. And while I was there, while I was sitting as an executive assistant in um, the executive suite, I not only talked the ears off of all the executives, asked them how they got to where they are, asked them for their professional advice, et cetera. I also made it a point to network around the entire company and make myself indispensable to Major League Soccer LLC. So that way, when my four months was up, I would stay. They'd keep me on in some capacity or another. And that's kind of how it worked out. By the time my temp period ended, it was a matter of where I was going instead of if I was going, which I'm really grateful for and really proud of, and landed in player engagement. I'm working, I'm doing what I'm doing now, and I absolutely love it. No, that's amazing. And not only amazing. Yo, yo one thing I want to note real quick, Amobi, sorry to cut you no, off, no, is exec- executive assistant is a very powerful position if you don't know, like on the low. Like if you want to talk to somebody who's higher up, you got to be nice to that executive assistant. So <laughs> be nice to all executive assistants. They play a very, very pivotal role in anybody getting through any type of door. So just this want to put so that out true. there for, for so the listeners true. out there. Nah, most definitely. Because they can like, you can have something scheduled and next thing you know, it's not on the schedule anymore because <laughs> you're not on their good side. Um, but it's great advice what you said when it comes to you know internships, power of network, and then just being proactive, making yourself indep- indispensable. You know the way you can create value is by being of value, and anyone listening can take advice for that. But player engagement, uh, what exactly is that? Obviously, I know about it. L knows about it, but not everyone knows what exactly you do. So, do you mind explaining it? Sure, I can. Um, player engagement at MLS, and obviously I'm here speaking as a career person, not as a major league soccer's representative or anything like that, but I can speak to it in generalities is player engagement is uh, a department that exists at the league office to come alongside players in their off the field lives. So we, our, our tagline is to engage and equip players with strategies to succeed now and beyond their playing careers. And one of my favorite aspects of that is that word succeed. It's 
success based on the definition that each player has for himself. And we work with our active players, we work with our former players, and also we're starting to work with our pipeline of players in MLS Next and MLS Next Pro. So it's um, working with these guys at these pivotal moments of transition in their lives, moving up you know, through that pipeline, retiring out, coming in, uh, moving from team to team, everything like that, figuring out what is it that they want to do with their lives once they're finished playing, figuring out what their passions are off the field, figuring out if going back to school makes sense, um, building strategy around financial literacy, we even touch on mental wellness. So it's a, it's a broad range of things that we work with these guys on, but it's, it's really cool to be able to do it. No, that's amazing. What's been the biggest misconception that you've seen with athletes and when it comes to player engagement and like their off the field, uh, I don't want to say struggles, but, uh, you know, off the field endeavors? Hmm. I don't know, misconception. I think it might just be sometimes um, a lack of emphasis placed on one's post-playing career or even para-playing career, building a foundation now for what's to come when there's often such a focus on Saturday, such a focus on the next on the next game, which is obviously important. That's their day job. That's their livelihood. That's their passion. However, I think um, foresight for what's coming next and how to build towards that is super important. And that's something that we're working with our players to kind of instill in them. And it's really great to see many of them, you know, have that light bulb moment. We're like, oh, right. Yeah. What, what, what do I like to do off the field? What do I want to do next? And so that's been really cool to kind of guide them in that. But many of our players have already been doing that for years. And it's great to see them kind of bring along the other guys in the locker room. Like, no, let's start thinking about this. Let's start talking about this. So that's been great to see. No, most definitely. And you guys have worked with like different companies and organizations and brands. How did those partnerships come about? And what advice would you have for someone like <coughs> Two Cents FC, um, <laughs> you know, to get in front of those people? Do you want some water? Ate something like something in your throat? You good? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we are very fortunate to work with a lot of really cool organizations and brands and just people to help our dudes become whatever they want to become. And I think that's that's really cool. But um, send me an email, Moby. We'll talk. Perfect. And then, obviously, you know, you study comms. Uh, you work in MLS. You got your master's. About to get your uh, GED. Um, what, in your opinion, JD. you've seen a lot? Sorry, JD. <laughs> <laughs> How do you give a master's to JD? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. JD, sorry. Uh, you're going to get your JD MBA combo. Um what have she you already seen? has an MBA, sir. Yeah, yeah, JD MBA combo. She's gonna like have both now. I'll it's have like, both. Sure, yeah, I see where you're going with okay. that. Power unlocked. It's looking out. Um, All right, so when it comes to like collabs that you've seen, what makes them like do well versus the ones that aren't don't go so well? Collabs. What are you referring to? Like the collabs that you've seen with players, or like the collabs that you guys have done. You know what makes them successful versus what makes them not so successful. I always, uh, the answer to your question is good people. Mm -hmm. I always say overvalue good people. Like when you're building your network and you're, you know, being all strategic about, you know, who you want to stay in touch with and follow up with and have as a mentor and have as a sponsor and all that kind of stuff or have as a partner, have as a collaborator, overvalue good people. And we in MLS are really grateful to have a lot of really good people working for the league, working for our clubs, playing for our teams, and also a lot of really cool people in the athlete development space and the player engagement, player care space who come alongside and really just want our players to be healthy, well-rounded, successful individuals. And when you find people who have that same mission, great things happen, almost, almost as a rule. That's what it's all about. You heard it here first. 
Okay, so when you're not making moves at the league office, you know we got to we got to touch on this because I was saying you're, you're getting you're doing the SATs and you're doing your GED. You're actually studying law at Fordham. How are you yeah. balancing work, uh, helping the players out, social life, and all this? What's your, what's your time management trick? Um, my time management trick is, uh, for those of you who are listening, not watching, I'm holding a giant cup of coffee, but also <laughs> it's just staying, ugh, staying organized. Sounds so boring, but that's honestly what a lot of it is, but also just like staying intentional with time, um, staying intentional with each moment, because yes, it's a balancing act. There's such a let's grind, let's hustle. There's ambition, there's strategy, there's end goal, there's all that. But there's also like, I'm only going to be this young once in my life. I want to be an actual human, be well-rounded, have fun, learn things, go places. And it really is just a balancing act of what's the next best. Yes. What is tomorrow Tay going to thank current Tay for? And it's just a moment to moment thing, but we make it work. And I'm very grateful to be able to do both and all the things that I have been blessed with the opportunity to do. Most definitely. Uh, dream case scenario, what type of law would you practice? I want to practice what's called transactional law or corporate law, Deal which maker. is, mm-hmm. okay, there you go. It's not, it's not the courtroom stuff where it's objection, your honor. Like, no, no, that's not my thing. I think it's more of on the business side where, you know, we're drafting the contracts, kind of building strategy and leading, um, from the legal department. No, most definitely. That's, uh, okay. that's amazing. Um, so in a dream scenario, um, what deal would you like to draft the contract, the deal points for? If there's a dream scenario out there, what what deal would you want to be lead counsel on? Yeah. I find the, the licensing pieces really interesting. Like for example, with major league soccer and Adidas, I find that partnership fascinating. It's, it's such a huge deal um, that really benefits both parties in such an incredible way. And so to see that partnership come together and to see it flourish and thrive has been really cool. Like I see El, your jersey right now. It's what you said last year's Atlanta third. It's real yep. fresh with the three stripes on the shoulders. I love it. Like that came about because a bunch of lawyers sat around and made it happen. I mean, obviously that's reducing it, but mm-hmm. um, I think being a part of something like that would be really cool. Amazing. Um, so like, Obviously, you, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot of great things. You've been very successful thus far and will continue to do so. What uh, what advice do you have for individuals, you know, looking to pursue? Like, I want to follow Taylor Wells. I want to follow her roadmap, um, especially for young individuals of color. Hmm. Well, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, there is no one right way to do any of this. Um, it's, it's kind of just, you know, eye on the prize. What is it that you want? And just having laser focus on that. Um, even when other people say it's crazy, uh, like plenty of plenty of people who are much smarter than me recommended that I didn't go to law school at the same time as working at MLS. Um, and I'm grateful that I had the foresight and the network and the other advice to kind of recognize like, no, that actually is the right move for me. So I think that having that discernment and that clarity of vision for oneself is really important as informed by a very strong network of individuals who can pour wisdom, knowledge, and experience into you. So I guess the first step is cultivating that network. And then when it comes to being, you know, a person of color, or in my case, a woman or whatever um, demography might make up an individual, um, I 
found myself pleasantly surprised by how many people are willing to lend a hand, willing and not only willing, but excited to lend a hand. Um, and there are, of course, you know, affinity groups that work in the sports industry, plenty of them here in New York City, or whether it's like sport and black women or sport and women, sport and black people, whatever it is, there are plenty of groups and organizations that I'm a part of because of my makeup. And I've made incredible connections there that have helped me make, you know, make moves and um, inform my strategy, inform my plan, that kind of thing. So just taking advantage of resources like that. But I mean, I found that I'm pleasantly surprised by the amount of people, even those who have different characteristics than I do that are willing to help. That's amazing. And then growing up for you, you know, you mentioned you wanted to get into the sports industry. Who were some of those role models for you? Who was your Taylor Wells growing up? Oh, I, this isn't a sports business. Oh yeah, he, he was, but Kobe Bryant was my role model in all the things growing up. Um, Fun fact, this could have been one of my true trues in a cap was I was at Kobe's 81 point game, which was really, really? fun. Okay. Yeah. You still have I mean, a ticket? Was, I do. Of course I do. Oh, okay. With uh, my, we have three of them. My mom, dad, no, sorry. My mom, no, not my mom. She wasn't there. My dad's sister and I went and uh, we had three of them. We thought about like selling them a couple of years ago after he passed because their value just jumped. We were like, no, uh-huh. these are ours. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But um, <laughs> unfortunately him. he passed. But, get him uh, slabbed up. Sorry about that. Sorry, what was Same. that? Take them like to like a, yeah, get mm-hmm. them, take them to a grader and get them put into a, like a, a preserved, preserved case. Oh yeah. Do I don't know where yeah. they are right now. I think my parents have them. I should, I should talk to them about that. That's a big deal. But Kobe's mentality about all things just always inspired me as a kid and kind of seeing his just grit and drive and unwillingness to not be the best which is a double negative, but it's just like, I, I will be the best at all costs, obviously, I think oh. is something that was just incredible to see as a young person. Amazing. All right, what you got? Okay, uh, so I saw a post recently, you know, doing some research, but also because we follow, we follow each other on social media of you singing and playing guitar. So can we add talented musician to your long list of accomplishments? I don't know if we can yet, but aspiring... <laughs> learning and enjoying musician yes okay okay yes. so you mentioned in two truths in the cap that you're working on, on an ep can you tell us a little bit about that sure i mean it's in very early stages but i plan to have five songs that i release by the end of 2022 that's the goal that's the dream okay i'm putting that into the universe um but it's honestly it's an homage to who I call young Tay, this little like eight year old Tay who was like, who wanted to be, I mean, at that time she wanted to be like a pop star and a movie star and a rock star and all those kinds of things that we all want to be when we are children. But um, I always said one day I'm going to put out music. And I, during the pandemic, during lockdown, really, when I was just at home, not doing a whole lot, I got myself a keyboard and taught myself a little bit, wrote some songs. And then I got a guitar and I fell in love with the guitar I was like, wait, now might be the time. Now might be the time to make Young Tay proud. So putting that together, have me a producer and have five songs that I wrote and we'll see where it goes. But it really is just for fun. Just a little thing on the side. And also I think it's important for me to show me and maybe others that we can be well-rounded and we can do the things that we're not great at and and be okay with that. It's It's really vulnerable posting myself like singing and playing guitar when I'm not a professional, I'm not trained. I'm like, you know what? I need to learn to be bad at things and be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like so what uh, what genre would you say your EP is going to be? 
honestly, that's still coming to fruition as well. We, we, my producer and I have drafts of the songs thus far. And so we're still tinkering with them, but it's um, largely pop influence with some elements of trap and electronic, even a tiny bit of hip hop in there. So it's, it's been a mishmash, but it's fun. Okay. What's okay. your like artist name? What do you go by? Young Taylor Tay Williams. or Young, Young, Young Tay? Tay. <laughs> Young Tay. Oh my gosh. That'd be fun. <laughs> okay. No, I was referring right, so to Young Tay as in like a like a eight year old Tay, younger Taylor. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got one more question in that vein. Like, who are some of your musical influences? That's good. I have so many across so many different genres. I've even thought about this. It's like someone's gonna ask me this one day, and I should have an answer prepared. But alas, here I am. <laughs> get, again, you warmed up. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, let's see, whose discography do I just really admire? This Okay, this is not the genre that I um, am going for, but it's I really admire the body of work that Pop Smoke put together before he unfortunately passed. And okay. I mean, I can't condone a lot of like the lyrical stuff that he says. However, the way that his, his work is so cohesive, but also yet so diverse, I, I think I'm mm. honestly fascinated by it. And also I think his sound engineer is the real MVP because his vocals are just so open. And I just love that. It just... Oh, of his music. Yeah, that pop smoke is after hours, Tay. Yeah. We'll get on that later. All right, so what are some other hobbies or endeavors that you have outside of work? I know you mentioned law school. You mentioned, you know, working on an EP. Is there anything else that you do? Any other hobbies you have? Uh, I have a lot of things that I do and want to do. In fact, sometimes it gets overwhelming. Do you ever feel that way? Where it's like, I want to do all of these things in my life, and I have exactly 24 hours <laughs> in one right day. There. Yeah. <laughs> So what I do is I try to like cut, like cut my life up into seasons. Like, okay, this season I'm focusing on, and for me that's music, and for me that's getting out of the house. Because this past couple of years is very, you know, homebound, and so this this season I'm focusing on music and being, I don't want to say outside because it sounds like I'm just going out and doing a lot, but it's more just like, you know, go to the museum and have coffee with that friend. Or uh, this weekend I'm going to go visit my brother in Florida. So it's just like, get out and do things and experience the things they weren't able to um, a little while ago, unfortunately, due to the pandemic. Of course, doing so in a safe and responsible way, but just go and do. Say yes. For sure. For sure. Okay. So, all right. Now, let's get into some rapid fire questions. Uh, so, Wait, what, were what those? is one inch? Those were, those were just some fun stuff. Oh. So, this is, the, this is the rapid fire stuff. Yeah. All right. So, what is one interesting fact about yourself that most people wouldn't know? I speak Spanish. Intermediate level, working on attaining fluency, but yeah, I learned, I studied Spanish. Like Duolingo or you studied like in school? I studied it in high school, but I continued learning wow. informally. Then I did Duolingo and then now I just watch TV in Spanish. <laughs> so I don't know if that counts as studying, but Casa yeah. Papel is mi favorito. Oh yeah, I need, I need to do that. I need to brush up on my Spanish too, for real. <laughs> I have a goal of learning by 2026 World Cup. I wrote it on my vision board, so. Nice. Yeah. I'm so like, when you send I me could... that email, send me in Spanish. Send it to me in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm just good enough where people can't talk mess about me like in front of me. So that's that's, that's, good that's place all to that be. matters right now. All right. I need to, I need to play catch up then. Yeah. All right. So when it's time to get into a work zone, what's on your playlist? Oh, Pop smoke. gosh. And I, literally, that was going to be my answer. But I was like, I don't want to answer that again. <laughs> but it really is. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Okay. Okay. So what's your favorite um, off work activity? Hmm. Besides music? 
besides music, besides, you know, travel, um, what is fun? Yeah, I, I think I have normal things. Enjoy meeting up with friends, going out for a beer to watch a soccer game. That's that's probably my happy place right there. Is, you know, soccer and beer, or you know, on Saturday morning, soccer and coffee. That's a good combination, for sure. Okay, you say you like to travel. What's your favorite food city? Food city, New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything's here. Okay. All right. Um, Touche. Yeah. What's one skill you think every athlete should develop off the field? Hmm. I think one skill every human should develop off the field is verbal and written communication. And I think that could get everyone so far because, you know, if someone wants to, yeah, effectively do anything in this world, it requires interpersonal communication. And I think that's something that anyone can work on, all of us included. You did touch on something when you spoke to us a while back. What is one form of email etiquette that all humans need to need to incorporate oh my gosh i'm the email nerd it's so bad i don't know how many players i've taught how to write an email i think it's just understanding the structure of it and then reading it back obviously eliminating typos but it's just like greeting intro body it's a conclusion which is usually thank you and then sign off signature okay. if, if i could give a formula for a standard email which I know is so nerdy and it should not matter because we should just be able to like, you know, message one another, like, what's up? Can you do this please? But <laughs> unfortunately still it matters. Maybe once like millennials and Gen Z start taking over the workplace, it'll become more text and Slack based. Yeah. It's just Slack. Uh, Sorry, we don't for do now. It's just Slack. <laughs> right. All right. What's your favorite social media platform? Instagram. Okay. And what's your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> That's good. Um, super bass by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> that's so embarrassing, but that's the truth. And I just put that out into the world, didn't I? And when I can't get through it, know. that's when you know it's time to call it a night. <laughs> okay, dope, dope. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, so that's it for Rapid Fire. You can <sighs> yeah, wipe we'll your brow. We'll get into one of our favorite segments of the show, um, Trending Topics. So this is a segment of the show where I'll read off some news headlines or trending topics, if you will. Um, And Moby and our guest Taylor will give their opinions on those topics using the soccer card system. So, you know, no card is I agree or I'm cool with it. You know, it doesn't bother me. Yellow card is I'm indifferent. I can go either way. And red card is obviously I disagree or, you know, foul. I'm not down with that. And then they'll give a Brief explanation of why they gave it that card. Okay, got it? Got it. Cool. All right, so we had three this week, but we're going to narrow it down to one as to, you know, yeah. not, you know, not mess up our political connects. All right, so MLS has announced that it will leverage a historic $25 million loan from a syndicate of black banks. This is the first time in any sports league has participated um, in a major commercial transaction of the, in this way that you know involves black banks um the transaction is coupled with leagues cut the transaction excuse me coupled with the league's strong credit rating will grow the bank's capital cushions through fees and earned interest so if you know how loans work you know earned interest and um fees and stuff like that is how banks make money um and this extra money you know think about the interest on 25 million dollars this extra money that comes in will be used to help um provide loans for 
small businesses, home loans and business loans for um, small businesses in the black communities that these banks serve. So what card are we giving this move by the league and its partnership overall? Yeah, I saw you, Taylor. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, well, I think it's incredible. So I'm going to say no card because I, I honestly think it's really, really cool. And it, it's amazing to see it all unfold. And um, yeah, I think for, for three for three things that come to mind is one, just seeing the, the league, and I'm speaking as an individual again, I'm not speaking on behalf of the league, but I'm thinking as someone who's a fan of Major League Soccer, seeing the league really put its money where its mouth is about all things the E&I right now. Of course, there's room for growth in any and all respects, but I, I'm seeing the leadership really take this seriously. And I think this is a huge step in that direction. Also, um, I mean, you do, and anyone can, you know, Google the wealth gap um, in the United States. And so it's really cool to see that being, I don't wanna say addressed, but discussed and maybe some small move of the needle, you know, something being, being done about it or, you know, just spread awareness if nothing else, even though, you know, $25 million is, is no small feat. But I think, um, the the third thing is that it's not charity we're not like oh look at this cute little bank we're gonna help them out but like this is a strategic business move with a really really good bank so this is something that's benefiting both parties in an incredible way so i i just want like i just want to emphasize how it's not just charity for black people which is which is good and important in in a you know the right context but this is strategic business moves because doing business with black business is good business and so I think that's my favorite part about this. Straight up. Yeah, I mean, I can't really add to that. You know, no card for me. I think it I think it moves the needle and it, it, it sets a snowball effect for not only other leagues, but other entities to really like, all right, yeah, you guys are doing all these um, PR releases, but this is something where it's like, no, we're actually serious. We're putting our money where our math, mouth is and we're going to show our support um, not only from a business standpoint, but from an impact standpoint. And, you know, I'm all about impact. So uh, for me, um, I think it's going to definitely uh, set the trend for other people to either get involved or, you know, figure out their own ways to do something similar. Yep, definitely. And, and, you know, we as black people should be patronizing these black banks. So, you know, we'll be putting, we'll be opening an account for Two Cents FC at Citizens Trust in atlanta since we're atlanta based and then you know taylor at carver you know you open you a nice little checking account over there like let's let's support Shut that way as well my list of things to do i'm gonna yeah but that's it for trending topics for this week yeah that's it you know taylor's taylor's ties we couldn't add on to it but you know it's it's, it's all good thank you so much for joining us taylor <laughs> how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn from you or you know support your, your EP coming out or support anything that you're doing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in this and out of sports. This is the first time talking about this. Oh my gosh. We'll drop, we'll drop your SoundCloud link in the, oh in the description. We are not there yet. Um, first young no. Tay. <laughs> I'm Obi. <laughs> um, first off, appreciate you guys having me. This has been fun. I appreciate the, the conversation we had. Always good reflection. Always good to talk with like-minded individuals. Good people. Always appreciate that. Um, where you can find me, you can find me on Instagram, my favorite social media platform at T Wells Mayberry. And um, I do have an Instagram now for my for my music called Tiny Apartment Concerts. It's it's not a spoof okay. on Tiny Desk at all, except for it is. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I 
think I'm so funny. So that's new and I doesn't really have much on it, on, on it just yet. But you can also find me on Twitter at the same handle and on LinkedIn at Taylor Wells Mayberry. Uh, most definitely. Taylor, thank you so much. Appreciate everything that you've done for the player engagement community, helping us athletes. But not only that, coming on to our show, Two Cents FC, uh, we learned a lot from you today. And if you're looking to support Taylor, um, you know, as she gets on Tiny Desk NPR uh, or her Spotify or Sound, SoundCloud, uh, make mm-hmm. sure you follow her accounts. We're going to have all that stuff in the show notes. Um, but that's our show for this week. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at twocentsports.shop and tweet us your comments on the show. Any topics you want me or Elle to discuss, you know we're giving you unfiltered thoughts on a weekly cadence. Appreciate you guys for your support, and we'll be talking soon. Peace out.